Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. This is our week eight buys and sells episode. I have two buys and two sells. Uh, Zach also brought his A game, two buys and two sells as well. Let's get to a few pieces of news, though, before we get into that. Uh, Will Levis will likely be the starter for the Titans. There is a chance Malik Willis mixes in as well. Uh, not exactly sure what that means, but you know, pick up Levis in your Superflex leagues if he's not rostered already in case he shows something. Okay, yep. moving on. Trey McBride was on our waiver list yesterday, but he was way down near the bottom. But that was before we found out that the Cardinals are placing Zach Ertz on IR. Okay, uh, McBride was already earning a nice 22% targets per route run for the season and in the last three games 27 percent targets per route run okay so he should definitely be rostered he was drafted in the second round last year he won the john mackey award in 2021 as the best tight end in the nation brock bowers who's going to be you know like the the, the guy in next year's draft the next kyle pitts this past season (laughs) i was gonna say that and i decided not to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, because I don't know how people are gonna feel about that. Like, oh, here we go, another confidence. Here we go, you know. But yes, pretty much that's what it's gonna be. Right. Um, but Kyle Pitts did win this in 2020. Um, th- that award. Uh, Harrison Bryant won it before him. T.J. Hawkinson won it the year before that. Mark Andrews won it the year before that. Just saying. Okay. Um, and also, only three teams have targeted the tight end position more. Uh, one of them happens to have Travis. Travis Kelsey, the other happens to have Mark Andrews, and the other is Atlanta with Kyle Pitts and John Smith. Okay, so 
We also have Kyler Murray coming back soon. Is there a chance that that McBride is the number two target behind Hollywood? It's possible. Okay, so I think he should be rostered. He should be picked up. I think, you know, him, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. I think those three tight ends, if they were available on waivers this week, I think they were they're all very solid pickups. Yeah, I think they should all be picked up. You know, you mentioned all three of them. It's funny that all of them have this opportunity just falling into their lap. You know this week <laughs> obviously michael mayer was doing his thing a little bit before this but dalton kincaid too that's also an interesting one for me but trey mcbride yeah. i think he could step right in and take some of what zacharis was doing he was kind of fighting him for some playing time you know this whole season there were a couple of weeks you said it we talked about it on the podcast like one week you're happy with zacharis and the route participation he's getting all the targets and the next week it's like why is trey mcbride mixing in i, I think trey mcbride's gonna be fine like you mentioned kyler murray could come back I do think it's funny also how you mentioned you said three teams have targeted the tight end position more. Instead of naming them, you gave us who they are. So you uh, football buffs out there who know who those teams are, you know, good for you. You know who has Travis Kelsey, who has Mark Andrews, who has Kyle Pitts, that kind of thing. But Trey McBride, I know you were a big fan of him uh, coming out last season, right, as, as one of yeah. your rookie tight ends. And you just DM'd him or something, and he actually responded to you. That was also pretty funny. So I think it has to happen now. This Trey McBride breakout, it has to happen now. Since you know you, you've been on well, this the whole time, well, you know I I met him at the Senior Bowl, interviewed him at the Senior Bowl last not this past year but last year, um, and then you know we had a great moment during the game where I was filming, and, and you know a lot of people have probably who listen to the podcast probably re- might have remembered this uh, from our Senior Bowl coverage a year ago, where you know he scored the touchdown. I had my camera up, and then you know I'm right on the sideline where the end zone is where he scored. Right, like on the right. side of the end, and then he runs like at his momentum is carrying to him basically to where I am with my camera, and he runs to the camera, looks right into it, and says, Let's fucking go. Okay, so yeah. it was a cool moment. Um, so you know, I, I'm gonna be rooting for him. Okay, so yeah. that's that's pretty much where, where, where that comes from. So, uh, so but you know, I, I think you know, outside of that, I think there's still. A, a reason that he could potentially, um, you know, do his thing with this newfound opportunity. Okay. Yeah. So that, yes, definitely. I did hit him up and say like, Hey, you know, this is a great opportunity here. He's like, yeah, it is. And he'll, he'll be ready. So we're excited to see it. Um, another tight end, Juwan Johnson, uh, should be available this week. According to Dennis Allen. Why does that matter? Uh, because that could mean that, um, these boom weeks, for Taysom Hill can be coming to an end potentially. Okay. No, Just wanted to bring that up in case. It was a good run. 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 I think that's it for the news, really. There's not much else. Um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot uh, going on. Yeah. I, I did talk. I, I did have a huge news segment in yesterday's show. So tune into the first part of yesterday's episode if you need some more. If you think I'm missing something, it probably was talked about in, on yesterday's show. Okay. I do want to preview the Thursday night game a little bit. Uh, we have the Bills at home against the Bucks. On the Bills side, you're starting Josh Allen, obviously. Um, James Cook is an RB2 play. Not a terrible matchup for him at all. Uh, they've given up four yards per carry to running backs, so not really not, not bad. Um, they're middle of the pack in terms of yards per reception to the running back position, uh, but they do allow running backs to be used in the receiving game. They're up there top 10 in, in receptions given up. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, Cook hasn't had the target share that we wanted this year. But spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about him in a little bit. You're obviously starting Stefan Diggs. I do like Gabe Davis as well. In fact, I like the over on 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 Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis on underdog. Gabe Davis's line is set at 39 and a half receiving yards. 
I'm taking the over. Why? The Bucks have been the second worst team behind the Chargers in giving up 20 plus yard passing plays. And that's where Davis makes his money, right? On those deep passes. So I like that. It might only take two or three receptions to get there. Um, I also like right. Stefan Diggs going above 87 and a half receiving yards as well for similar reasons. But he also went over 100 receiving yards in five of six games coming into the New England game this past week. You know, a game which I had a good feeling that, you know, he wasn't going to have a big yardage game. We talked about that in particular on last week's wide receiver rankings episode, and that played out. So I'm expecting a bounce back. You know, I like the overs on, on those two guys. I also like the anytime touchdown on Latavius Murray. Okay. Uh, you know, he's their goal line back. He was on the field uh, at the goal line last week. James Cook was not. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, uh, I like Mike Evans to go over his receiving yards. His is set at 62 and a half. I like the over there as well. If you look at what other perimeter wide receivers have done against the Bills lately, Kendrick Bourne went over that last week against the Bills on the perimeter. Darius Slayton did it the week before. Calvin Ridley did it, week, did it the week before that in week five. So those, I think those are the four plays I like the most. Diggs, Gabe Davis, Mike Evans on the over, and then the Latavius Murray touchdown from scrimmage. And you can play that on underdog yourself. If you use the code upper hand, you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $500. The minimum deposit is $10, though. If you know you just want to get that doubled and just want to try it out, it's fun. It helps you stay engaged in the game more. And there's another special available, too, for new users if you use the code upper hand. Uh, you'll get a free Josh Allen pick to go on top of that. Uh, I'm putting those four in that I mentioned to potentially 10x my entry amount. But if you add this Josh Allen one in that you'll get for free, You'll have a shot at 20xing your money. Okay, so go to underdogfantasy.com or you could just go ahead and download the Underdog Fantasy app. Just make sure to use the code upper hand uh, and you can check out all the pickums available for Thursday night uh, and Sunday as well. You can even combine Thursday pickums with Sunday pickums. You can combine Thursday pickums with some NBA plays. You know, the season just kicked off, right? So you can combine those two. They have all the they have all sports. Okay, they have esports e too. Okay, if you're into gaming, they have everything. So, so go check it out. Uh, I'll have the link in the description as well. But let's get into our first buy. T. Higgins is someone I'd be inquiring about if I need a wide receiver. Okay. This has been a, a lost first half of the season for the Bengals. They're coming out of the buy now. This is the target that we've been putting on the calendar for Joe Burrow to be back healthy. We should see more output. Uh, you know, from this team moving forward, there was a point where we were viewing this offense as one of the best in the league right before coming into the year. Right. And there was a right. point a few weeks into the season where they were one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So I'm expecting that to normalize. You look at Higgins first two, uh, first two or three games this season, let's say three games this season where he was healthy, right? 24% target share solid led the team with 46% air yard share. Awesome. And he had that top five finish in week two, you know, just to remind you what he's capable of, right? But outside of that, he finished top 60. He finished outside the top 60 four times this year, right? So he had the rib injury that kept him out or limited his last two weeks before the bye. And, you know, given all that, how is he still top 10 in end zone targets total, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's still getting it. He's still getting those end zone targets. He's getting a lot of them. And Joe Burrow was banged up. He only gave Higgins a catchable ball on 54% of his targets for the season. That number was at 78% last year, according to fantasylife.com. I'm expecting that to normalize as well. 
He had nine wide receiver two finishes last year. He had three top five, top five finishes last year. I think he now has a good chance of being a very solid wide receiver two with upside the rest of the way. And he's just cheap right now, right? You look at the matchups too, coming you know down the stretch near playoff time. You know, let's start in week twelve, for example. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Pittsburgh again, and then a potential shootout with the Chiefs. You know, in in, in your championship potentially. So I'm I'm buying, man. I think you know the price is right, and you know a lot of people are looking for that high end wide receiver too potentially. I think Higgins is is that guy that I'll be looking after. I'll be looking to acquire this week. Yeah, this is a guy that has that pedigree. We've seen him be that high and wide receiver too, like you just outlined, you know, in his career multiple times. And it's just these past few weeks, obviously the first week, the Bengals weren't getting anything going. He had eight targets, no catches. He had that big game in week two. But since then, he's either been quiet when the Bengals were still in that funk on offense, like you mentioned. And then also he's been banged up the past couple of weeks. He only played 50% of snaps against Tennessee in week four, completely missed week five. That was Jamar Chase's big day. That's when things started clicking a little bit on offense for the Bengals. And then in week six, he was limited again. He only played 54% of snaps. So if he comes back, he plays that full complement of snaps like he's supposed to, which he should. They're coming off a bye. He should be as healthy as he's been this season in a good matchup against the 49ers too. buy him and get him for that matchup. Like I'm not worried about these next couple games coming up. Obviously, they have the Bills. Texans after that. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to start looking more like themselves, like you just mentioned. And those target shares and end zone targets, T. Higgins is pretty much the guy you know, in the red zone. That's who Joe Burrow is looking for. He's throwing into the end zone. He's looking for T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is very good himself. But I think people are forgetting what T. Higgins can do. I'm not even the biggest T. Higgins guy. But you have three straight games of four-ish points on the game log in the past couple of weeks. That's way too low. Whoever has him is probably really upset. They don't want to keep holding on to him. I think that you should have a pretty easy time buying him. And then T. Higgins, like you mentioned, if you want to really look out into that distance and see what he could do for you uh, down the line, that playoff schedule is like one of the best, I think, that we have of any wide receiver and any teams. So I like that call there. But I also have another buy. It's another receiver who's also been banged up, who's also been on offense that hasn't been playing very well. And he has just about no risk if you trade for him right now. And that's Christian Watson. He's averaging 9.6 points per game through three uninspiring weeks. Obviously, anybody who has him, I'm one of them, knows that it hasn't been, you know, all sunshine and rainbows with Christian Watson so far this season. And that's created a buyer's market for him that you need to be taking advantage of right now. I mean, whoever has him, you're probably in full, full panic mode. It's supposed to be a heavy reinforcement at receiver coming in, um, coming back from his injury. And he's pretty much laid three straight eggs. And Jordan Love is looking pretty damn bad since his hot start. That's manifested itself in a 56% catch rate, um, catchable ball rate, I should say, for Watson. And that's not ideal, but I think it can get better. You have to consider that Watson, he was one of the two receivers in the 2022 draft class to put up more than 2.25 yards per route run in the rookie year. If you remember that stat from over the offseason, anybody, any rookie wide receiver in the past, I think it was five years, that had 2.25 yards per route run in their first year, came back and finished as a wide receiver one the next year in average um, points per game. So that can change. You know, the talent doesn't just disappear. And the Packers still have one of the most favorable schedules coming up in the next few weeks for receivers. You talk about T. Higgins having it out in the distance. That's what Christian Watson has right now. They have three matchups in the next four weeks against teams inside the top five for most points allowed to wide receivers. That's Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and the Chargers. And he did pick up that injury at the end of the game last week, but the reports are on that have been pretty optimistic. Watson's even come out and said that he's hoping to play in week eight. But that extra little bit of uncertainty from that injury, it's going to be great lubricant in the negotiations to help pry him away from whoever has him. And that price should already be pretty low to begin with, given the production that's been limited these past few weeks. 
Things haven't looked great in the first few games of the season, but we saw the same thing happen last year where he fought through injuries, had a handful of quiet games before finally breaking out in the second half of the season. I'm going to bet on talent here and hope that that small sample size we've seen so far is just an aberration for bigger things coming. But the biggest thing for me is the price. At this point, it should be extremely palatable compared to the upside that he presents. I think that he's a really good value right now. If you can get him, this is a like prime buy low window. And I think Christian Watson is one of those guys you should go after if you're winning or losing. Yeah, and, and you know he's somebody that a lot of people are just going to have on their bench potentially, even if he plays. <laughs> I <laughs> right? have him because on my just, bench in my one league. Yep. Yeah, and like you know, he's somebody that you could acquire. He's one of those guys that you could just get super cheap, right? And like we mentioned, like he's going to have these boom weeks that could win you weeks. And you know, Jordan Love hasn't looked good at all lately, especially, and no one's going to love that. No, no pun intended. One loves right, love. and and then <laughs> and then you know Watson. You know he hasn't had the target share. He hasn't had you know consistent target share. He hasn't had consistent production. And you know it, it's looking like a lost season in many people's eyes, even if they have him and they could just want to you know cut their losses. So that's where I would swoop in. So I'm with you, right. man. You know we were definitely high on Watson before the season started. He has one of the best you know rookie you know finishes. You know. Really, really good rookie season. We should not forget about that. Um, he just had some bad luck with injuries. Hopefully, he'll be all right, though. There's, there's definitely issues. Like, I, I was putting this, you know, little write-up together, doing the research on this, and I was like, hmm, things aren't looking really fantastic right now. You look at some of the stats. You mentioned that target share is pretty low. But Jordan Love only threw the ball 31 times against the Broncos. I don't know who put that game plan in. You should be throwing all the time against the Broncos. That's 31 attempts. That's less than Desmond Ritter averages this season in a game. That's a problem. I think that can change. You also, like I, like I mentioned, the talent with Christian Watson's there. And we saw Jordan Love. He was doing pretty good the first two weeks. I think that things can turn around. I think things are at a really low point right now with Christian Watson. And we have to kind of remember what we were talking about Watson being this season when we were coming into the season. And I don't want to lose sight of that. And I think that coming in and buying now, this might be the lowest that his price is going to be in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So he is... Definitely somebody that you should be targeting for sure. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you will look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side -side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. Guess what? I have another one. I'm also buying Marquise Brown where I can after two down games. There are there are these are the like down games we were expecting to happen the entire time with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. But instead, Hollywood had four top 24 finishes in five games before these two weeks. He was extremely consistent. For the season, according to FantasyLife.com, he's sitting at 27% target share, 15th among all wide receivers, 42% air yard share, 7th among all wide receivers, and Kyler Murray is coming back soon. 
You look at what he did with Kyler last year in the first six games without DeAndre Hopkins and before he got hurt, 26% target share, 43% air yard share. Sound familiar? Like literally what he's getting right now. So the difference right. is that this year he's getting a catchable ball on 66% of his targets and he's had four games under 60%. With Kyler last year, that was at 74% during that six-game span and was under 60% only one time. And what did that lead to? Three wide receiver one finishes in those six games, something he hasn't been able to do once with Joshua Dobbs, and he didn't finish outside the top 30 one time while he was the wide receiver one for Kyler last year. He's the clear wide receiver one for the Cardinals. I'm buying, and I think we could see some top 12 finishes when Kyler comes back. I think that's absolutely possible. And I just have a question for you. You know, Do you think that people might be clinging to Marquise Brown a little bit? He had those good games, that stretch of games between week two and five, where he had at least 16 points, and he had between 16 and 17 points, I think it was, yeah, four straight consistent. games. That was good. Do you think that could be causing them to cling to him a little bit because they know Kyler Murray's coming back? Like That might make it difficult to buy him, but do you think this is a case where you might have to even buy a little bit high? Now, obviously, nobody's going to be yes. putting him up. It's like, this is an untouchable wide receiver one. This isn't like you're going and trying to trade for somebody like, I don't know, Jordan Addison right now. You know, with Marquise Brown, I think, do you think you just bite the bullet a little bit? The price is a little bit higher than you want with Marquise Brown. Is that where you're at with him? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, you know, he had two down games, right? So he kind of showed a little bit of that vulnerability, right? And yep. I'm not saying that I think most people will gladly start Marquise Brown every week, but they might not realize what his upside is, right? So I'm going to be giving a fair trade or potentially what might seem like an overpay on paper um, for what I think his weekly ceiling raises to when Kyle was back. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Right. And okay. So just to piggyback off of, I, I don't mean to pepper your questions, but this one's just coming to my head too. Say you have Jordan Addison right yeah. now and we know Justin Jefferson is going to be back. Do you think a deal with Jordan Addison for Marquise Brown would be, you know, feasible? Is that something that you might go after? Cause I, I hell yeah. Jordan Addison, well, had that, it, wouldn't had that be, big week. It, it wouldn't be a one for one though. 
right? Uh, like, exactly. Yeah. At, at this point, if you ask anybody, most people, I would say like 75% of people, like, hey, like who who do you think is more valuable for fantasy moving forward? Jordan Addison or or Marquise Brown. Brown? And most likely they'll say Jordan Addison, I think. Right. Like, do you think that yeah. the, the perception is that would you agree with that? The perception is that Jordan Addison is the is the person that is the player that most people would rather have on their fantasy team right now. I think so, and that's it's recency yeah. bias, and that's what fantasy football. A lot of people just get caught up in a, a big game. Now, don't get me wrong, Jordan Addison, he's going to have a couple more big games. You know, he's even going to have big games when Justin once Justin Jefferson is back. But I'm just looking at the trajectory that these two are on. You know, if Marquise Brown, he's had a couple down weeks, but he's going to get Kyler Murray back. He's on an upswing. Kyler Murray comes back. He's yeah. going to be a better player in a couple of weeks than he is today. Where Jordan Addison, he's at peak performance right now. You know, obviously he's still not getting a ridiculous target well, share. He's only got a couple target targets, but he's been super efficient. He's scoring touchdowns. But Justin Jefferson's going to come back, and that might take some of that ceiling off the top. You know, he might not have that yeah. ceiling that Marquise Brown could be going after with Kyler Murray. So I think I think that's an interesting one right there because it's it they're is. both good receivers, it, but they're in like the same position right now. They're crossing paths, and you just got to see. There is an, a I, I, way except, that you can... Go ahead. Except one of them continues to be the wide receiver one for the team, right? And then the other gets right, supplanted right. when Justin Jefferson comes back, like, like, like basically what you're talking about here. And, you know, like even with his huge game, you know, it was a 24% target share for Jordan Addison on Monday night, right? It wasn't like this yep. massive target share. 24% is solid, but that's like wide receiver two levels, not wide receiver one levels. Right and Mar- and Mark what yeah. Marquise Brown is getting right now that's those are at wide receiver one levels especially when you add in the air yard share as well right so yeah no I think Jordan Addison before this week he didn't cross seventy percent target share okay exactly. so you know and and who knows what's what is gonna ha- what's gonna happen next week it could pop the, back yeah, down below twenty percent yeah but the reality is like he could have another big game here he could have another two big games here before Justin Jefferson comes back and that might make people want to hold on to Jordan Addison but I think. The long-term prospects of Marquise Brown, I think, are going to be better. And I think yeah. I'm with you there. So obviously, I'm agreeing that you should be buying Marquise Brown, but I'm just saying there are players right now out there that you should take advantage of, maybe think about selling them. And I didn't have Jordan Addison as one of my sales, but he's some, you might want to think about that, <laughs> you know, especially yeah, and, and, if he keeps this up. And, 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 you know, another thing is that he's a rookie, right? So a lot of people are viewing him as somebody that who will just potentially just increase in value, and they're just going to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as the season progresses. So I think that's another reason why another, you know, another, another psychological, you know, trick that I think people play on themselves where, oh man, like he just had two touchdowns. He's he killed it. Like, it's just going to get better from here because, you know, he's just a rookie. Um, right. You know, but listen, scored a bunch of touchdowns already. Right. I, I mentioned uh, on the pod that, you know, he's basically pulling a um, Jahan Dotson from last year. Right, it's a, a similar yes, type of situation, right. Yeah. And he's, right? He's looked a little bit better doing it, I would say, but yeah, I, I have another yeah. buy. Speaking of, yeah, NFC North wide receivers and wide receivers waiting for their star quarterbacks to come back, I, I'm gonna buy DJ Moore here. And now people might come at me before you come at me for saying that you shouldn't be buying a wide receiver that has an undrafted rookie at quarterback for the next few weeks. Let's just put Moore's situation into some context, shall we? It's true. Fields is out right now. Could be out for a little while longer. We don't know. He's been doubtful, you know, early in the week, the past two weeks. We're not sure when he's going to come back. But we do know that eventually he's going to come back. It won't be forever that he's out. And when he does come back, you're going to be putting more back in your lineup again without a second thought, right? 
So remember weeks two to six when Moore had a 32% target share, 48% air yard share, two top five finishes after a tough game in week one? Like that's the ceiling that's going to be there once Fields is back. And they've got some good matchups these next few weeks ahead of their week 13 bye. Two games against teams inside the top 12 for most fantasy points allowed in the um, Vikings and the Lions. Let's also not forget that you're not completely hung out to dry with Tyson Bajan at quarterback either. He was hyper-targeting DJ Moore in his first start. We talked about it on the podcast a couple days ago. I think it was the Takeaways podcast. Moore had a 35% target share in that game. And Bajan, he delivered eight catchable targets out of nine total on the day, including an end zone target that went in and out of his hands. That should have been a touchdown for DJ Moore. If he scores that touchdown, we're having a much different conversation here. But it's still worth mentioning that he's not just going to be a nobody, DJ Moore, with Tyson Bajan at quarterback because he had that nine target, those nine targets. 89% catchable target rate. That's great. Not everybody's going to look at Bajan and think that he's capable of keeping those numbers up. But all the stuff I just mentioned about DJ Moore is pretty darn good. And people might not see it. It hasn't translated the great fantasy days from him these past two weeks. And whoever's got him on their roster might not be thrilled at the prospect of Bajan under center for the near future. And I mentioned those good matchups coming up on the schedule. But before those two games, there are also a couple tough matchups too on the Bears schedule against the Saints and the Panthers. So that could set you up with a layup of a trade. They might be looking at it like, oh, well, DJ Moore was barely serviceable in this last game. I got by with 10 points, and now he has two tough matchups coming up. Let's get rid of him. That's going to help facilitate the trade. Backup quarterback, tough matchups on deck, limited production recently, and uncertainty about fields will be back. I think you take a stab at picking him up because it's not going to be that difficult, I don't think, because the situation right now around DJ Moore isn't fantastic, but it's going to improve in a couple of weeks, very much like we just talked about with Marquise Brown. And just to echo again, repeat like the most important parts of what you just said. 35% target share from Badgett, 89% catchable targets, and 57% air yard share. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? That means, I mean, this kid might be pretty good. <laughs> he knows yeah. how to target his number one wide receiver. And if you look at what Badgett did, like he actually was a serviceable, he seemed like a serviceable, serviceable quarterback. Like there's, there might be something there, you know. I mean, obviously one right. game sample size, but you got to take into account the fact that he had to beat a couple quarterbacks. He's undrafted. Like for him to get to the point where he's backing up Justin Fields as a QB two on an NFL team, that means something. Okay. Yeah. So and then he went out and kind of showed that, showed why he's a he's a QB two in the NFL. Yeah, and I don't know. Didn't they say he was like D two or something coming out of college? Yeah, like that, that's that's yeah. pretty crazy. Just to think about that. So he definitely, there's definitely something there. And if he has a win in his first start, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be unseating Justin Fields or he's going to go start for some other team right away. But, you know, he's young. And I think that he's going to rely on DJ Moore. He did what he was supposed to do. You lean on your best playmakers when you're a rookie and you need to just get into a rhythm. DJ Moore is a great guy to do that with. So I think that that could definitely continue. Yeah, man. All right, let's get into some cells, okay? Um, my, my first sell, you know, this is not a, uh, somebody that you're going to get a whole lot for probably somebody that you have to package up and that's Brian Robinson. Okay. I'm getting out while I can. Okay. We talked about it already. Chris, Chris Rodriguez is approaching. All right. Last two weeks, 46% rushing attempts for Robinson. Chris Rodriguez got 29%, but the real story was last week, 39% rushing attempts for Rodriguez, 44% for Brian Robinson. I only had one less attempt than Robinson this past week. It was, it was a close game. You know, this is not like, you know, this is not a, this was not a closeout situation where they brought in the backup running back and he started taking away the carries. No, not what happened here, okay? 
also, Brian Robinson, he had two touchdowns, one each of the last two weeks. Okay. So you have an out here. Okay. He's scoring touchdowns. Get out while you can. Okay. The, the, the box score, like the game log, it's showing over 10 points. Okay. In PPR last two weeks. Okay. So take advantage of that because it might be like four next week. Okay. That, that's, that's really what I'm afraid of here. And then at that point, it's going to become a story that Chris Rodriguez is really, you know, eaten into this share. If you hold Antonio Gibson, don't because right. if Brian Robinson gets hurt, Antonio Gibson will not take over the entire workload. He's not that every down handcuff that he was three weeks ago. Okay. There's no point of holding Gibson at this point because Rodriguez is here. He actually performed better than Brian Robinson this past week. Okay. It is possible yeah. that Robinson ends up being the RB two on this team. If, at some That's point, cool. who knows Ron Rivera might get fired. Who knows? So who knows what's going to happen? Like I can see this whole thing shaking up, right? If if yep. Ron Rivera gets fired, okay, because he does weird things, okay. <laughs> Terry McLaurin not getting targeted as much as he should. Jahan Dotson, you know, you're featuring Curtis Samuel, even though I like Curtis Samuel, but he's not better than Jahan Dotson. He's not better than than Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson, where is he? I don't know what's yeah. happening here. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Ron Rivera the coach in Carolina with Curtis Samuel? Am I am yeah. I tripping here? I, th- I think there no, was. No, yeah. no, no, no. He 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 brought yeah. him over. Yep. Yeah. There's a reason that he's being featured. I think, and that would be a huge change. Like, there's definitely that possibility where Ron Rivera gets fired and things get shaken up. Is Ron Rivera the reason that Brian Robinson came on in the first place? Like, we've been calling him just a guy this whole time, you know, and they've just been feeding him these touches. Suddenly, it's changing. Chris Rodriguez is he going to do what Brian Robinson did to Antonio Gibson? To Brian Robinson, <laughs> like oh, there's a chance he's about to get like, he's I, about to get Robinson. Yeah, how is how does that even work? Um, but yeah, <laughs> you mentioned it. The way that his game log is shaken up, he still hasn't had that like bad game. Like obviously, seven points, eight points shows up a couple times his game log. That's not bad. You can get by and win with that type of production. That bad game could be coming if Chris Rodriguez keeps you know working into this. And like you mentioned about Antonio Gibson, I'm not even thinking about him. He's not even a thought. Because the offense is not only is the offense bad, but he's just not getting utilized. I don't care who gets injured; it's just not going to be a good situation. So Brian Robinson, he was one of the guys I was considering selling, but I just looked at his game log and I was like, would I consider buying Brian Robinson if someone offered him a trade? It's like no. I, pr- I probably wouldn't. So if there are people oh, out wow, there that okay. still would, like yeah, if there are people out there that still would, like you mentioned, like is he maybe an RB two still? If he's an RB two in someone else's eyes, just like take him. Like exactly. at that point, exactly. Just find a way to get some good compensation back for him. I, I have no. If somebody is tripping and they need a running back badly, like he he's he's one of those guys that I'm like, hey, listen, I'll give you Brian Robinson and this wide receiver, and just give me this other wide receiver back. Right, that's kind of how yeah. I would play it. Um, just upgrade at wide receiver. Don't worry about it. if you're losing Brian Robinson, you don't need a running back back. You know what I'm saying? Like that's <laughs> right. not how yeah. I would play. I would play it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, yep, I hear that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I have another sell, and we mentioned him earlier in the show, James Cook. Now, if you have James Cook, you're probably upset. Now, he had a good week last week, but just overall in general, you're probably feeling a little bit watered down. The test results are in for us. James Cook is not the Bills RB one. Damian Harris, he was <laughs> placed on IR last week. There was hope that Cook could get at least a slight bump in his usage, but that really didn't happen in their first game. Science Harris. Now, not only did Cook's rushing share remain on par with what we've seen so far this season. rush share in week seven, 56% rush share overall in the season, but he also registered his second lowest route participation in the season at 43%. What is Latavius Murray doing running 40% of routes over the past two weeks? 
I don't know, no, but it shouldn't happen when you have a premium pass catcher running back and James Cook in the backfield. That's what he did at Georgia in college. They just haven't used him like that yet. Last year it was Devin Singletary. Now it's Latavius Murray. It just doesn't make any sense. But that's a conversation for another day. The other problem we're running into with Cook is that he's gotten zero goal line carries over the past three weeks compared to three for Murray in that time span. And his target share, like you mentioned, sitting at just 9% on the season. Since Harris has been out of the lineup week six and seven, Cook's 8.7 expected fantasy points per game indicates that the true 13.2 fantasy points per game over the past two weeks that he scored, it qualifies as considerable overproduction on the volume that he's received in that time frame. Murray isn't someone to ignore in the backfield at this point. It looks like the Bills just aren't interested in featuring Cook in the backfield in 2023 like we hoped. Instead of being that low RB1 dual threat fantasy running back that we all hoped he would be this season, he's been like an early down RB2 with limited receiving upside through seven weeks. And who does that remind you of? I'm not going to compare him this close because James Cook has been a little bit better than this guy, but we just talked about him, Brian Robinson. He has some solid rushing attempts some games, has a couple targets in a couple other games, but the workload just hasn't been consistent enough to get him where we want him to be. So I'm selling James Cook right now. Um, he had that big game that we uh, I just mentioned. He had that receiving touchdown. He scored two touchdowns this season overall. I'm not bought in anymore on the upside that he has, and I'm moving off of him after this good week that he just had. Exactly. He scored that receiving touchdown, but it was one catch, right? Yep. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it it's was just one long catch, and it's just not something – yeah, it's not sustainable. You know, it's like, why is he getting 8 to 9% target share for the season? Like, that's just crazy to me. You know, yeah. he, he's a weapon out of the backfield, and they're just not using him. Will it improve? I think we'll see like here are spike weeks here and there. Like well, he will where he gets like a considerable number of targets, gets a high target share, like maybe like a 20, you know, 17, 18% target share. I can see that. But like consistently, the fact that they're playing Latavius Murray over him is absolutely bonkers to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're playing one of the youngest running backs and one of the oldest in this backfield. So it just it's interesting. It's 43% rapid dissipation is not gonna get it done. Okay. Nope. But um I got another sell for you. Another running back. A lot of running back sells this week. In the world where we have no running backs anywhere. Dale Henderson. (laughs) I'm searching for the guy who has a running back issue. Okay. They are willing. They're going to be willing to buy Dale Henderson because like the optimistic lens on Henderson is going to show that, you know, he has three more weeks of starting. Okay. And that, and that very well can be the case, by the way. Okay. It's also possible though, that it's a split between him and Royce Freeman. It continues to be that, Um, you know, this was a little bit of a rotation. Last week, like like he, they would rotate on drives, that sort of thing. But Henderson did make sense. So he, he does get the upper hand. Also, he just came off the couch. So it's like if he's already getting that work off the couch, he's probably going to be the guy. Okay. However, you know, you have Miles Gaskin coming in. Maybe is he going to rotate? I, I would I would like not be super worried about Miles Gaskin personally. It, it, are we going to leave that possibility open? Yeah, we are. This is also a tough matchup this week against Dallas. So you know, if you're in dire need of a running back, if you yourself are in dire need of a running back, you have Henderson, and then you spent up this week because you really needed that running back on a Henderson, I totally get it, and I would have done the same, okay? Uh, because you have to do what you have to do to fill that running back spot. Uh, but if right. you picked up Henderson before Sunday for free, right, because you listened to me, or you got him for cheap, and you don't necessarily need that running back right now, and you will you think you'll be able to sell to someone who can give you like a long-term wide receiver three maybe, like Deontay Johnson or maybe like Terry McLaurin or Godwin or Lockett or maybe even DeAndre Hopkins, you know, even though that, that situation isn't great or, or Tank Dell even, you know, somebody who's yeah. coming back this week who you could acquire on the cheap also, a little bit, a little, little bonus buy low. Uh, I'd be exploring that, okay? Uh, and the reason why 
you know, he has value right now because, you know, because of the fact that, you know, there are three more games that he can be started as a solid RB2. And Kyron Williams was an RB1. Maybe he could be an RB1 too, like, which is what a lot of people are going to be thinking potentially. Uh, and again, I'm not saying he can't, um, but it's not set in stone. Um, so you can get value like he is right now, especially since he was one of the top waiver wire pickups this week. Yeah, I, I hear this one completely. I'm just looking at I think this is a really good sell call here because you mentioned two two things. And one of them that you mentioned is the fact that you got him for free, probably, if you picked him up on the waiver wire. This is a chance to flip that temporary value that you get from the waiver wire and make it long-term substantial value. You don't have to sit and say, all right, I'm going to take these three weeks and, and roll with it. Flip that into some con- some player that can contribute the rest of the season. I don't see any problem with that. Those guys that you mentioned, Deontay Johnson, Tank Dell, I like both of them. Lockett even. People are probably upset with Lockett right now too because the Seahawks offense hasn't been that good. Jackson Smith and the Jigba and Jake Bobo outscored him in a game where DK Metcalf was out. I think Tyler Lockett's a low-key buy here too, just on the low. On the, on the low. Yeah, but yeah, yes. with with, Dar- with Daryl Henderson, he's, he did have 18 carries of his own, but Royce Freeman also mixed in a little bit. So there's definitely that chance of having that committee pop up. I don't want to take a chance on that. He had a good game, you know, 13.6 fantasy points, and he had a touchdown. Like, that looks good for me. You mentioned it's a bad matchup coming up uh, this week. I'm going to sell Daryl Henderson if I have him. I don't have him in any of my leagues, but if I did, I would be. So I, I agree with you on this one. And I have another running back that's a sell who's in pretty much the exact same situation. Now, obviously, Jerome Ford isn't supposed to be out for that long, but I'm selling Kareem Hunt right now. All you need to do is look at the way that Hunt has produced in the past two games to get an idea of why he's a screaming sell this week, and you shouldn't have any trouble doing that given the situation around him. Over the past two weeks, Hunt has scored three touchdowns, averaged 15.6 points per game. Show someone those game logs, and he looks like an RB2 with newfound RB1 upside because Ford is out. But dive into that utilization a little bit, and you realize quickly not all that glitters is gold. Not only is he averaging just 3.4 yards per carry in that same time span, but he's also splitting snaps regardless of who's in the backfield with him. When Ford was in the lineup this past week, he was clearly back. He handled 30 of 44 snaps before going down with his injury. Once he was out, Pierre Strong actually outsnapped Kareem Hunt, 23 to 19. And it's not difficult to figure out why Strong was getting more looks. Out of 23 running backs since week six with 20 or more carries, Hunt is forcing missed tackles at the third lowest rate out of 23 running backs in the fourth fewest yards after contact per attempt. Not good. Kareem Hunt is not the Kareem Hunt of old right now. He's just the guy that you you have in your lineup because there are injuries around him. Take advantage of the people who are convinced that Hunt is suddenly in line to be a clear-cut RB1 in Cleveland with Jerome Ford going down. Move off of him while he's got those two back-to-back top 15 finishes on the game log. Pierre Strong is there. He's going to be getting his touches. Remember, Hunt's only getting snaps because of injuries not to not just one, but two running backs ahead of him. I mentioned Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt wasn't even a thought. He wasn't even on a team before the season before the season started. Pierre Strong still figures to get some more work. I think that Kareem Hunt is it's very much like the Daryl Henderson situation. You probably picked him up off the waiver wire a week or two ago. Flip him into some real value because he's about to crash hard. Jerome Ford comes back. There's a chance that they might just go, all right, let's put Pierre Strong in because he's been looking better these past few weeks. I, I hear that. I have a couple of pushback, a couple of things to push back on. The first thing would be that Hunt. So last week, when you look at you know what happened after the injury, um, you know Hunt didn't get most of the work. He got the goal line work, but not most of the work. And part of the reason why that could have been the case is because Hunt was banged up coming into the into the week. Right? He was pretty much almost a game time decision. 
uh, you know, coming into the week. So he did get a little bit of work, and I'm sure they didn't want to use Pierre Strong, you know, as like this guy who is going to carry the entire workload, right? My assumption going into this coming week is that Kareem Hunt will likely be the primary ball carrier. Will it be a 1A, 1B type of situation? Potentially. Pierre Strong, maybe, you know, not as involved. Maybe he will be really involved. I don't know, right? Kareem Hunt kind of starting slow because he just came back on the team. Now he's banged up. I don't know, right? Now, the other thing is Jerome Ford, they're, they're calling it a mild high ankle sprain, and I don't know what that means because usually high ankle sprains that's, are that's fair, I hear <laughs> three to four-week injuries, potentially five. And when I'm looking at this schedule here, Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, pretty good. Pretty good. And then what if he's out another week? Denver. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm looking at that. I'm just like, wow, like, can Kareem Hunt potentially have some like big weeks here? You know, yes. Now I think the the right move overall is to sell. Because if you could get a more firm piece that you can depend on now and in the future when Ford ends up coming back, I think that is the move. Um, I, I'm not of the camp that Hunt was going to be um, the lead guy at all at some point. However, when you look at when the week before, Ford and Hunt you know, kind of split work, right, as like a 1A, 1B type of situation, right? So right. I'm looking at the situation now where like Hunt is probably the lead guy moving forward. Um, and I don't know how long Ford's going to be out for. That's that's the question. If Ford's going to be out for longer than one to two weeks, then Hunt might be undersold potentially. So if you're going to sell him, I, I don't think he falls into the same camp as Dale Henderson. Like, l- l- let me just ask you, who would you rather have on your roster right now, Kareem Hunt or Dale Henderson? I, I think it would be, I think it would be Kareem Hunt because we know. I don't even know. Maybe it's Daryl Henderson. No, you're right. It's Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has a better chance of con- contributing long term. I-, I think that's I think definitely so. what, we, what we have. I think so. I think when Kyron Williams, Williams comes back. You're right. Yeah. We know when yeah, Kyron Williams comes. We, A, we know when Kyron Williams is coming back. And B, yeah. Kyron Williams is going to be the guy. Because right. a couple weeks ago, Daryl Henderson wasn't a thought for the Rams. He's just here. He yeah. played well. Cool. Yeah. So I, I think this. I think that's a fair point to make. But obviously, you compare Kareem Hunt to Daryl Henderson. It's like... Daryl Henderson isn't that much of an asset in terms of what he's going to bring into the season. But Kareem Hunt, I, I hear you. I hear your pushback there. I'm just, I'm using what we've seen so far. They're saying it's a one to two week injury. I hope that's the case. If it ends up being a longer term injury, like, and you're probably right to call me out on just assuming it could be a one to one to two week injury because the way we've seen these injuries work out so far this season it seems like everybody's going on IR just randomly after they initially diagnose a, a low um, timeout. But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they they always say, "Oh, it's going to be a one or two week thing." That happened to Kyron Williams. It's like, "Oh, well, he'll be out for one week, and then suddenly he's on IR the next day." I don't want to say that's going to happen with Jerome Ford, but it's definitely a possibility. In that case, then maybe I would switch up my tune. But if Jerome Ford's coming back in that time frame that they outlined, which is a little bit more reasonable compared to what we heard with Kyron Williams, you mentioned it's like weird that they would say just one week and that's it. Um, if he comes back, I think I'm going to stand fast on this Kareem Hunt take here. He's going to be a pretty good sell. Now, one thing that one thing that Mary Kay Cabot, who who is the Browns beat reporter, just tweeted 39 minutes ago, um, which okay. neither of us has have seen. She said that Jerome Ford, and then in parentheses, high ankle sprain, left the locker room in a right walking boot. 
uh, Ford expected to miss at least a couple of weeks. She just tweeted that right now. She's a Browns beat Perfect. reporter. So at least a couple of weeks tells me that it's definitely not one. Yeah. Right. And if he does have a true high ankle sprain here, most likely um, he's going to be out a couple of weeks. So, you know, what? here's what I'll say. I think Kareem Hunt can be sold. But if, if you do sell him, don't undersell him. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Because you could fair. be losing out at a solid running back with a good good offensive line and good schedule over the next few weeks um, with no I, buy I coming up. I think that changed my tune a little bit because yeah. that was kind of what I was banking on. I knew that the time, the amount of contrib- time that he would be able to contribute was going to be relatively low. But now you mentioned that at least a few weeks sounds like not even two. It's, it's probably going to be three. It's probably going to be a mini buy. If not, I don't think he's going to go on IR, but it might be one of those mini but, IR you know, trips where it's like three weeks. So yeah, not good. Now you can, if you can get good value for Kareem hunt, maybe people will be, you know, overvaluing him a little bit because there are so many injuries. Like people are going to, there are, there are teams like look in your league to see like who desperately needs running backs. And then Kareem hunt should be an option as a trade piece to get what you want long-term hundred percent. Yeah. That might actually help his value. If you have him right now, because Kareem, yeah. send them send them that tweet that I just mentioned. Also, yeah. like along with the Kareem Hunt trade offer, like put the tweet in there also, like in uh, in, in the <laughs> chat, in the chat. Right, right? Just, just nudge him um, with that one. Yep. <laughs> By the way, uh, he's going to be out for several weeks, maybe more. Um, I, I just wanted to quickly just touch on um, Jameer Gibbs real quick. Um, you know, because I've got a lot of questions about Jameer Gibbs, like what to do, and we talked about this a little bit, right? Um. I think if you need wins, like you're struggling, like don't sell, right? Um, right. There is a good chance that Gibbs has another big week, right? He had 11 carries, 10 targets in week seven, which is like RB1 opportunity. And, and an RB1, that will probably help you win this week if you desperately need that win, right? If you don't desperately need that win this week, consider selling, okay? He likely has, you know, one more week as the guy, then he has the buy, and then David Montgomery comes back. Right. And then I mentioned um, that there is a possibility, like we talked about this other day on this on this podcast with Zach, that it is possible that these Gibbs performances in these two games can help his case, right? In getting more opportunity later on after the bye. But I think the Lions kind of know what they what type of team they want to be. Uh Dan Gant Campbell has come out and said that Montgomery is always going to get to carry the load. There is a chance that Gibbs can return RB RB2 value while Montgomery is healthy if he gets those targets out of the backfield. But there's also a chance he's like a low-end RB2 at best right so i i would sell based on my situation if that makes sense it kind of echoes what we talked about a couple days ago but i just want to reiterate that yeah. uh in this episode in case people are looking for that yeah jameer kids could definitely be a sell and like you said it comes down to the situation now if if i'm in a good spot generally I, i'm at a spot i'll tell you what i, I have jameer gibbs in my one yeah. league and i'm it's our league mm-hmm. i think i think i'm four and three mm-hmm. So if I'm four and three, I'm right in the thick of it. You know, I'm competing. I'm just, I'm just going to hold on for now to see what he right. can do. I can, I can stand to do that. But if you're losing, like I would definitely think about moving him and then seeing what you can yeah. get for him because Dave Montgomery is going to come back. I am sitting here accepting the fact that Dave Montgomery is going to come and crush my dreams at some point, which <laughs> so that's kind of the situation I'm at, but I'm definitely going to ride this out. It's like the Zach Moss situation where you just milk as much value as you can out of it because there's a chance yeah. even once Dave Montgomery comes back, it might take him a week or two to get back up to the full workload. And may- maybe, like you mentioned too, maybe Jameer Gibbs shows enough that they actually think and consider for a second that they might want to use their first round running back in a way that they <laughs> haven't so far this season. Just just maybe, just throwing that out there. 
you know, one silver lining from when um, Dan Campbell was talking about Montgomery as being their bell cow, basically, in that press conference. He also said that, listen, Gibbs is going to get his touches too. It just might not be carries. Sure. That's no. fine. We'll All take right. it. So put but him in the, the targets got to yeah. come. The targets have to come. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so I just want to let you guys know that on our website, we have buy sell articles, we have trade charts. That would assign values to every player, every fantasy relevant player to help you navigate trades. Um, we have rest of season rankings to kind of help you navigate that as well if you're looking long term. And I just want to, you know, give a shout out to Zach. Zach, how many newsletters are we at? Do what what milestone do we just hit for our newsletters? Today we just sent out our hundredth newsletter. A hundred days, a hundred newsletters go. is awesome. Oh. It, it, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there. I don't know if people catch all the sarcasm I throw in there. I, I, I throw memes in there sometimes. <laughs> there, there, there's stuff that'll lighten up your day a little bit, make it a little bit relatable because I'm telling you, as as I'm sitting here, like things are happening in my team. I have four teams. Fries has a bunch more. Like we're sitting here. We have pretty much every player on one of our teams at, at somewhere. So like I can yeah. relate to everyone's pain. You can jump in there, read that, relate to the pain with me as we get through it. It's all it, There's some funny stuff in there. And, and there's also 100%. useful stuff in there too. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it's worth a read every morning. I have fun putting it together, and I think we've gotten some pretty good feedback on it too. Yeah, for sure, man. So you know, upperhandfantasy.com for all of that, and for the newsletter, just scroll all the way down, uh, put your email in there, and you'll get the first, the next free newsletter that comes every morning to to your inbox. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you, uh, Zach. Uh, everyone appreciates you, man, uh, for that newsletter and for all that you do as well. And uh, we. We, um, you know, if you guys could hit subscribe on the podcast, you know, that would mean the world to us too, because it just helps us, you know, for more people to find out about the podcast. Don't worry. Your league mates won't find out. Don't worry. Okay. But everybody else will. Uh, it also helps us. The more people know about this podcast, the more we can put into it and the more, you know, the better we could potentially uh, make it for you guys moving forward. So we appreciate you guys. And we'll be back tomorrow with our quarterback and running back episode. We'll see you then. Take it easy. Bye-bye.